Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, and the new episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I am thrilled to be here once again hosting the Canadians Connection Podcast alongside my friend, Mr. Rick Stevens, the Sheldon Surrey to my Bobby Farnham. How are you doing, <laughs> sir? <laughs> I'm doing terrific. I am doing terrific. And yes, yeah, a Bobby Farnham reference. You're going to shoehorn that in whenever you can. And, and, and yes, that's a good, you know, we were, we were trying to um, just before the show started, think of who all the 44s and, and Surrey um, yeah. is a, is a, is a good one. Um, Stefan Riche is another one, Roman Hammerlick. Um, and Darren Dietz, Darren Dietz, yeah. who is tearing it up in the KHL. Um, and we're <laughs> going to have, be talking about other players that yeah. uh, will be plying their trade in the KHL a little later in the show. That's a nice tease. That is a, a great tease that we'll, uh, we'll get to that point in the show uh when we uh when we get we'll cross that bridge when we get to it i guess is the uh, right thing to say there but regardless we've got a jam-packed show always it is our goal to keep you informed engaged and entertained on this podcast and boy oh boy is there a lot to inform you of this week and of course we we had the michael mccarran signing that just broke a couple of hours ago that is going to uh, be our lead off item uh, news item of the day so we're going to get to that we have some comments from Nikita Sherback that are going to uh, take up our time after, uh, after we get through all of these news items. And, of course, as always, we have our question of the week that we, uh, we toss out on social media to our lovely audience at home. Uh, ESPN ranks the Canadians uh, 17th overall uh, heading into next season. What's your prediction? Uh, so we're going to talk about that ranking, by the way, but we toss that out to you. What is your prediction for this upcoming season? And, of course, that is open through uh, Twitter and the Habs fan, All Habs fan page on Facebook as well. So we're going to get to those, but there are other ways to reach us. Plenty of ways to reach us. Social media is one. Uh, the website is another. And you can also uh, call us during the show. This is a live show. We, we air um, 1 p.m., Eastern time every Saturday. Uh, and you can call the studio at 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. If you're listening on demand, which many, many, many uh, listeners do, you can text us anytime, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. The Rocket Sports line is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. We've got lots of uh, responses um, uh, last week. And, uh, in in our in our third uh, segment where um, you have your say, uh, we'll get to some of the immediate responses, but uh, maybe we'll have time for a, a text to or or two. But we've got a jam packed show for the last yeah. podcast in July. We're we're uh, filled to the brim here in terms of news items. It is it never stops. There's never a dull moment when it comes to the NHL. There's always something to talk about and. 
that is shown to be true this week because my goodness. Okay, so we have the Michael McCarron contract, and you mentioned it last week. So after Charles Houdon and the Canadians came to terms on a contract, Michael McCarron was the last RFA standing for the Montreal Canadiens, and they got a deal done with him. It was a one-year, two-way contract. That will earn him uh, 70000 in the NHL. And so this was something of a – it's an interesting player because we've had the conversation about Michael McCarron on this, on this podcast throughout this first season of episodes where you've, you've got a guy who maybe just doesn't think the game at the NHL level and getting a two way deal. I guess this would give a little bit of leadership in Laval for a team that's maybe going to be a little bit younger. He's coming off a season where he was injured for most of the time he only played in uh, 32 games and he had 21 points so maybe a guy that can put up some numbers on an AHL team uh, what were your thoughts on this uh just to uh, there was uh, uh I know I know what you meant but you misspoke there and it's 700,000 in uh 700,000 yeah um and uh, which is a league minimum of 125 in the AHL uh on the the two-way deal um it's it is what it is. Uh, the the yeah. um, uh, Michael McCarron. Um, I I I think we we know what what Michael McCarron can bring. Uh, you can uh, you can improve your shot. You can improve your skating. You can do a lot of things. But um, uh, improving your hockey IQ, improving uh, you know processing the game, thinking the game quicker. Um, I, it's just it's not not something in the cards. I think um, yeah. uh, he can uh, play at the AHL level. We've seen that he can provide a, a physical presence. We know Joel Bouchard likes that. Um, however, there's a, there's, there's going to be a log jam of talent, uh, particularly at the center uh, position uh, in um, uh, the AHL in, in uh, the, the Laval rocket team this year. So, um, you know, is, is he more than a, a third line center for the rocket? I, I don't think so. And, and, um, uh, uh, we'll see if, if that lasts the other, I, I, the other kind of thing to note here is, uh, that's contract number 48, uh, 48 out of 50 yeah. uh, for the Montreal Canadians. And my guess is that has to change before the start of the season. Um, that, um, Mark Bergevin is going to want to uh, trade off some some of those contracts to give himself more uh, flexibility uh, throughout the season or even as we get to the trade deadline. Yeah, that is one thing to keep an eye on as we get toward, uh, closer to the uh, start of a new year because, the, yeah, 48, that is a lot of a lot of contracts to have. You want to have some flexibility, and, uh, and absolutely, that's something uh, to keep an eye on. And, and with respect to Michael McCarron, I mean, now as we enter this season, you're looking at guys like a Nick Suzuki who's going to need some minutes, and we assume that might be in the AHL. Obviously, still a lot of time to go, but that is what we have both kind of agreed is maybe the best spot, but still time to, uh, for that to change. But you have Jake Evans as well. Just a lot of an infusion of young talent that's coming through in, in, in the coming years as well. So this is going to be a, an important year, I think, for Michael McCarron. And, and obviously there's 
there are people that have their doubts about his ability to get to the next level. And if he can make good on this contract and, and show that he might be able to uh, take it up to that next level, then who knows, maybe he'll, he'll stick around on a bottom six role, but it seems unlikely at this point. And a first round pick in 2013, it doesn't seem like he's going to live up to that uh, expectation. And, and I'm not sure who would have thought that he would, uh, honestly, with, with the skill set that he had. But uh, anyways, I think uh, time to move on to, uh, to another interesting news item that came out this week. Before we do that, we will mention uh, with, with the AHL coming up and, and obviously with Mike McCarron that we, that we expect him to be in the AHL next year, we do have our own Amy Johnson, who is uh, watching the uh, World Junior Sh- uh, Summer Showcase and covering the World Junior Summer Showcase for the AHL report. The uh, world, the World Junior uh, Hockey Championship uh, begins on Boxing Day. It's in the Czech Republic this year, but over the summer, um, the the various countries get together and and have um, a, a tournament that helps uh, their selection. Uh, so they invite uh, an expanded roster, um, particularly the Canadians and Americans, and they're joined by the Swedes and the Finns in Plymouth, uh, Michigan. And they have a what's called the World Junior Summer Showcase. And, and as you said, the AHL report team, and, and in particular, Amy Johnson's covering that for us. Uh, for Canadians fans, um, you're going to want to keep an eye on, uh, from Team Canada, Alan McShane. Uh, 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 for Team USA, Cole Caulfield and Jordan Harris. And uh, Jacob Olofsson is on Team Sweden. You also... If you're thinking about the 2020 draft, which we know is going to be in uh, Montreal, you're going to want to get your first look at some of the 2020 uh, draft eligible players. Um, And in the, let's say the top five, top 10, you're going to have uh, Lafreniere is going to be playing for for Canada. We know he's uh, uh, going to be with Ramuski this year in the queue. Lucas Raymond uh, from from Sweden. Anton Lundell from Finland, um, Alexander Holtz uh, also in Sweden. So uh, there's lots of reasons to pay attention to the World Junior Summer Showcase. And, and like I say, our AHL report team, Amy Johnson, will have uh, uh, all the coverage you need. Absolutely. Always providing uh, great coverage is uh, Amy Johnson. So always, uh, always interesting to watch the Summer Showcase as well. Just get your glimpse, as you mentioned, of, of those prospects. Um, so speaking of, and, uh, you know, this will be an international, an international flavor piece of news. Uh, Yol Armia, um, obviously signed uh, an extension a couple of weeks ago, and it's come out that he is somebody that likes to avoid the French media in Montreal. And he says, he's, he said that the less you say, the less they will ask. And apparently this is something that he has told Yasperi Kotkaniemi potentially Arturi Lekkinen as well. And it's, it's interesting because you get a lot of people that look at that and say, oh, well, he doesn't want to speak to the media. That's a part of, of that comes with the territory. But, I mean, for a guy like Yol Armia, when I see this, it, it says that he wants to not be distracted by things like the media. And that might be a, a good thing for a guy that plays a top nine forward role and is just – a reliable two-way player. Uh, do you read anything into this more than that? 
Um, I, I don't really. Um, you know, it was presented by Don Le Colise, um, um who uh, noticed, um, uh, and this, this interview of, of Armia was done um, uh, from a, a Finnish site, um, so there could be issues of, of uh, translation and context there. Um, and, and I guess Armia is, is very grateful for um, uh, Nikita Sherback because uh, yeah. <laughs> up until sh- uh, the Sherback uh, interview, our, this was the big bombshell being being talked about, uh, or at least that that's the way it was presented by uh, Don Lacalle. I I much ado about nothing. Yol uh, Armia, uh, um, he wants to um, stay away from the media. Okay, and and you notice that um, it, it's interesting. There's there's a knee jerk reaction. Um, who were the uh, two of the the most heavily criticized? Uh, players last season by the French media, unquestionably, it was Arturi Lekkinen and uh, Yol Armia, and and it's yeah. because they they just didn't play ball, they just didn't, uh, you know, um, and and this is not uh, just Yol Armia. Um, uh, Saku Koivu gave the same sort of sort of advice to Jesperi Kakanemi that that just just you know limit what you say and and uh, be cautious and. Um, and so I think it was being framed as, as, uh, as a really big deal. And, um, and of course it certainly isn't. And, and, you know, the other part of that was, uh, Lekkonen, um, was moved up into, in, at the end of the season, uh, into, uh, Duran's spot when he wasn't, um, uh, contributing after February. And so, uh, Duran, you know, the protectors of Duran uh, kind of criticized uh, Lackanen and, and uh, it went that way. But part of it has to do with their, uh, the, the, the way they're cautious around the, the media, particularly the French media. And, and uh, uh, Yol Armia was just kind of acknowledging that fact. I don't think it was a really big deal. Yeah. And, and Armia coming from another Canadian market in Winnipeg, used to the attention, but in Montreal, a little bit more of a under the microscope type feel. And someone that's in that exact same position is Ben Sherratt, who met with the media for the first time uh, in Montreal with the uh, wearing the Canadians colors for the first time. And, and he's like Keith Kincaid last week, when we talked about his introduction to the media, said all the right things, I think. And he was somebody that and he, no, he noted that he was very excited to play with Shea Weber and thought that that could unlock another level in, in his game playing in front of Carey Price, the leadership that Price and Weber could provide for this team, and also just the general feel of playing in Montreal, saying there's nothing quite like Saturday night at the Bell Center. And, you know, I think that he's somebody that looks like he wants to be a part of the Montreal Canadiens. He sounds like he wants to be a part of the Montreal Canadiens. And is prepared to do whatever it takes. But did this change any of the things that you thought about this contract? I mean, when it was signed, did he say anything that, that caught your attention in particular? If you scripted this uh, media event, it couldn't have gone any better. I don't think, as you said, (laughs) he said all the right things. He talked about being a young boy, nine years old and coming to the bell center for, for the very first time, 
he talked about, and in that visit, um, number 44, Sheldon Soray, um, that we mentioned earlier, he, yeah. he talked about how impressed he was with Soray's shot. Um, Montreal is also pretty important to him because um, uh, Sherratt was, was drafted in 2009, the last time the draft was, was in Montreal, drafted in the fourth round by Atlanta. And, and, uh, and so he talked about the, his special connection to, to Montreal and, and how beautiful he thinks the city is. And, and he talked about a visit to, to the old port with uh, his then girlfriend. Um, he talked about new beginnings a new beginning for, for himself uh, and, and, um, and feels that he can still, he's still developing at 28 years of age. He's still developing. He's, he still uh, can take his game to a new level. He said that he, he mentioned that to Claude Julien in their discussion he feels that uh, you know he can certainly play with with uh, Jeff Petrie, but he has his eyes set on uh, being the full time partner of Shea Weber. I don't know how realistic that is, but he talked about how they could be a, a, an imposing shutdown pair. Um, you know, a new uh, a new beginning for him personally. Um, um, he and his wife Jacqueline just had uh, a new baby uh, on the twenty third of of June. So just a month old and, uh, Emerson, uh, a daughter. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, probably named after the only Emerson I know is Emerson Fittipaldi, but that's, that's old Ah, F1 days. Um, uh, so I, I think he's, he he talked about, uh, we mentioned Yol Armia. He said he considers, uh, Armia, army as as they call him um, uh, a friend a good friend he said that he skated with uh uh he skated with max domi a couple of years ago um in in the summer um Sherratt now lives uh in waterloo makes his off-season home in waterloo so uh was in touch with domi um said nate thompson sent him a nice text um so he seems to be you know he he said all the right things he he talked about um, being a growing up um, in Hamilton and, and being a Leafs fan. Um, um, he talked about the players that he idolized. Uh, um, his dad, you know, said, "You you better watch Paul Coffey. You want to be able to skate like that. Not many people can skate like Paul Coffey." No. <laughs> but in tribute, he wore number seventy-seven. His dad also talked about being being an intense player and be a physical player, and so. Uh, Sherrod idolized Scott Stevens. Um, so, and as I said, he wore 77 when he, in tribute um, to coffee, but when he went to uh, the Jets, uh, he chose seven. Uh, that number is uh, <laughs> unavailable, as many are for the yeah. Canadians. That belonged to Howie Morenz. Um, and so the only single digit number left was number eight. Uh, formerly uh more, most recently uh, worn by uh Jordy Ben so uh he'll be wearing number 8 in the upcoming season and he had his jersey on and looked quite uh proud to to be in it um you know he said the the bell center is his favorite place to play and and he heard all kinds of good things uh from him and it, he's going to be a likable kind of player i i i think a fan favorite kind of player yeah. Uh, but as far as the whole evaluation that that um, your original question uh, that uh, we did when he was signed, I, I, you know that doesn't 
change at all. Um, and uh, you probably want want Ben, uh, if you had your, your ideal roster, to be playing a third-pairing role. And uh, But I, I expect to see him beside Jeff Petrie uh, when the season opens. Yeah, I think that was that's that's a spot that I think most people have him penciled in for uh, at the beginning of the season. So, uh, but yeah, it was great to see him. Uh, great, uh, as you said, said all the right things. Uh, so, speaking of the Montreal Canadiens starting next season, as I mentioned in the question of the week we posed to you guys uh, on Twitter and Facebook, the Canadians are predicted or uh, projected rather to be the 17th ranked team according to ESPN and uh, that would just be a couple or a few spots below where they finished last season they finished 14th overall in the NHL last year they finished ninth in the east Uh, there was eight teams east was pretty good last year looks like it's going to be pretty good this year with a couple teams a little bit improved so uh, that the 17th ranked team by ESPN do you think that's fair well, um, you know, uh, many, many fans are, uh, you know, wondering how improved the, the Canadians are um, uh, compared to uh, last season. And, and I think, um, you know, ESPN has them in, in 17th place. That's just behind Florida, a few places behind the Rangers, uh, both who, who missed the playoffs last year. Um, and, I think you have to look outside of your own. Are, are the Canadians um, uh, better than they were last season? I think I think there's two sides of that argument. Uh, you can you can um, rationally argue that they're a little better or they're a little worse. Um, but what you have to look at is what other teams have done. And and um, yeah. you know the the Rangers uh, had a pretty quick um, rebuild. Uh, yeah. And they've done some things. Florida, you know, starting with with uh, head coach behind the bench, uh, they're 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 doing some things. Other other teams have have made some improvements. So um, I think it's fair if you look at other if you look at at the um, uh, the betting agencies. If you look at Caesar's Sportsbook, they have the Canadians um, forty to one uh, to win the cups. Um, sports betting has them. Uh, at 33 to one odds. Uh, so th- those are teams. And, and as far as points, they're projecting uh, the Canadians to have an 88, 89 point season, which would certainly put them out of the playoffs. Uh, of course they had 96 last season and still uh, missed the playoffs. So if the Habs were to miss the playoffs um, again in the, in the 19, uh, 2019, 20 season, that would be the third season in a row. And that's only happened twice before in the long illustrious history of the Montreal Canadians. Um, it happened. There was a stretch between 1998 and 2001 where they missed the playoffs uh, three seasons in a row. And, and that resulted in Rajon Ull and Alain Vigneault uh, both getting fired. Um, and then uh, you, uh, for the other time, you have to go back a hundred years. <laughs> um, uh, it's between 20 uh, or sorry, 1919 and uh, 1922 that they, they missed the, the playoffs three years in a row. So this would be, uh, this would be pretty significant. And um, you know, I don't think, I don't think Mark Bergevin could survive uh, another, 
season of, of missing the playoffs. This is, this is a, this is crucial. The Canadians are yeah. going to be a bubble team and they, uh, for Mark Bergevin's sake, they need to uh, make the playoffs. Yeah. And I think a lot would need to go right for that to happen. Like I was uh, briefly discussed last week that you have to have Domi that, that replicates what he did last year. You're going to need Carey Price to be healthy. You're going to need Shea Weber to be healthy. A lot of things need to go right for Montreal. And there's, as you said, a lot of interesting teams to watch. The Rangers, certainly one of them. And it's strange to think that only a couple of years ago, they released a statement saying, yeah, we're going to go into a rebuild now. And here they are just a few years later with Jacob Truba, Artemi Panarin. They're right back in it again. So interesting uh, looking Eastern Conference. Um, so uh, moving on. We discussed uh, that the Canadians, uh, well, you you discussed rather uh, when when the KHL came up that there's a guy that the Montreal Canadiens used to have that is looking to make an NHL return, and that is Andre Markov. And uh, a video was released by his agent, and it showed Andre Markov doing some drills, getting back into uh, into the rhythm. Of, uh, of, you know, getting into that grind again. And so that got Habs fans talking, made the rounds a little bit on social media. And uh, and certainly uh, it looked as though that he was uh, pretty mobile for a 40-year-old. And, and I know that there were a lot of people that said, ah, oh, no, he doesn't look as good as he did a few years ago. <laughs> One, that is to be expected. Two, it's pretty early in the summer. He's still got time to get back. And, you know, he's trying to ease back into it. Keep in mind, he is 40. Well, it's yes. There was there was uh, folks trying to analyze, you know, his speed from and and yeah. he's, just, he's doing drills around around cones. It's just <laughs> people, have you never seen that before? Um, yeah. Uh, and listen, if if you bring back Andre Markov, and if you bring him back on a PTO, if he gets a you know a, a small contract out of this, you're not bringing him back for his skating, anyways. You're bringing him back no. for. Um, you know, what's between his ears and his ability to pass and, and uh, think the game. And uh, that's, that's the, the assessment that has to be done. And, and, you know, the, the video, it was released by uh, Sergey Berezan, his, his agent. Um, and it's just kind of reminding people, uh, Hey, I'm still here. And, and, and that's, you know, Berezan said that he spoke to the Habs and said, um, uh, pay attention. Andre uh, would be interested uh, at least out of respect. Oh, that word respect, at least out of respect (laughs) to him, give it some consideration in your deliberations when you're putting together the um, new roster for, for the Canadians. And it, it, you know, the interesting part was that in the drills, he was uh, of course wearing Canadians gear. So uh, I thought that was the most, uh, most interesting part of the, uh, the little video that was released on Twitter. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, he's still got the, uh, the Habs colors, you know, in his heart. So it was cool to see that. That was a nice touch. Um, speaking of, uh, just some quick rapid fire news items that have come out. We do have a former Canadian that has signed, uh, with a, a Czech league team, HC Cometa Verno. That is Tomas Plakanic and, uh, somebody that I think could probably, get an NHL job if you wanted to, but he said as much that he didn't want to play for another team in the NHL. So uh, did you, do you think that that's something that he could explore as well if he had wanted to? 
Uh, probably if he could, uh, if he wanted to. He, he also uh, said uh, in his announcement, he announced it on uh, Twitter, he said he had uh, offers from the KHL. He had uh, offers yeah. from the Swiss League, but uh, he wanted to stay at home um, in, the, in the Czech Republic. We'll play in the Czech Elite League. Um, and, um, you know, he, he thanked his, his uh, buddy, Yaramir Jaeger, for the opportunity last year. And it sounds like he's uh, all set to uh, just thoroughly enjoy hockey at home um, this coming season. Yeah, and that's, that's what you want at the end of the day, just enjoy what you're doing. Um, you have as well uh, Jared Struble, the uh, Canadian's second-round pick, who uh, he announced that he will be attending uh, Northeastern University, and uh, he did that through his own Instagram account. So uh, that was a piece of news I think most people – saw coming and and you'd expect the same from Cole Caulfield uh, fairly soon if he hasn't already. Yep. Jaden Struble just kind of made it official. That's what he said on his Instagram that uh, he was excited to be officially uh, become a a Husky. So he'll go to Northeastern. Um, Jordan Harris um, will have his second season at Northeastern. We remember that that that's the program that uh, that came that Caden Primo came out of. So uh, uh, he just Jaden Struble made that uh, kind of official on Tuesday of this week. Yeah, and uh, finally, just the last piece of news. Um, there was an interesting uh, <laughs> theory about a potential Patrick Line trade from Winnipeg. And uh, and I guess I'll, I'll leave you to uh, to deal with the particulars on that, but it does involve one Max Domi. Yeah, it's it's interesting because there's been um, you know lots of of Canadians fans saying, okay, um, you know the roster hasn't changed that much, not, but don't worry, uh, we'll just pencil Patrick Lina in into this particular <laughs> slot in the lineup and. And, you know, some, some predicting that was going to come via offer sheet. Uh, that's certainly, that doesn't appear to be happening, but Ivan um, uh, Pedno, who's, um, uh, you know, a, a respectable uh, journalist from TVI, uh, yeah. said, said, said that the Canadians were kind of kicking tires on what a trade um, would, uh, would be for, uh, for a Patrick Lina. And, and, um, uh, had kind of made their inquiries. According to Pedno, uh, according to his information, um, the Jets would be asking for uh, Max Domi uh, as a starting point, and then uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly you wouldn't do a Domi for line A uh, one for one. But but um, so for those that were getting ready to pencil line A into the Canadians lineup, you might want to stroke out <laughs> Domi and 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 maybe a few others. Yeah. Uh, from your, uh, if you if you're thinking that's going to happen, um, although there's uh, a pretty remote chance of of that being uh, consummated, I think. Yeah, I think at this point that's probably uh, not likely to happen. So, uh, but uh, I suppose we'll wait and see what Mark Bergevin has up his sleeve as we head closer towards the start of a new NHL season. But for now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about Mark Bergevin and his interactions with one Nikita Sherback and also Nikita Sherback's general feelings about the Montreal Canadiens that came out in, uh, in some comments that he made 
so we'll be discussing those things when we come back after just a quick break. Stay with us. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rockets more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection. We have quite an interesting topic of conversation, and that is Nikita Sherback, who came out and, and said some things about his time in the NHL, said some things about the Los Angeles Kings as well, but mainly some some pretty interesting things about the Montreal Canadiens and, and, and his time with them. And just to just to give you an idea he said, they didn't let me play in Montreal. I trained, I was patient, but in the end, my nerves gave out and I asked to be traded. He said that he understood it was a business, but he wanted to stay in Montreal as long as he could. And that is particularly interesting when you consider that for however long he was there for the 2019, or excuse me, 2018-19 season, he didn't play a game, and he was still somebody that really just wanted to be there and wanted to get an opportunity. And when he didn't, you know, at some point your patience kind of wears out and you and you just have to move on, like he said. But all of those things, that's just a little bit of what he said. What were your thoughts on the comments that came out about the Montreal Canadiens, about how they handled Nikita Sherback, and, and I guess Mark Bergevin and, and Michelle Therrien, who don't come off looking particularly good in this well um uh, you know this is 
being a little careful here. Um, yeah. <laughs> first of all, uh, nothing, nothing that Nikita Sherback said in this interview, uh, and and we we should back up. He 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 signed um, in the yeah. KHL. He will play for Avangard. He will play uh, with former Canadians uh, player Sven Andrigetto. He'll play for head coach Bob Hartley. Uh, and he said that that um, uh, one of the reasons that he chose uh, this offer was because he got a call from Bob Hartley saying that uh, he wanted that uh, he wanted he was wanted uh, on the team. Uh, Alexei Emelin also played a role in getting him to Avangard and and uh, um, so that and and I know there's some some. Uh, silliness uh, from people who don't know uh, he did he was offered a two-way uh, contract from the Kings uh, but uh, chose this opportunity instead so um, what he said uh, is is you know we've 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 heard this before and more from Nikita Sherback uh, privately um, we've heard uh, much of what he said from other players um, yeah and there's there's not a lot new here um, and yet, uh, it has exploded. And in, in fact, uh, you know, much of what's being discussed on Twitter, um, are things that he didn't say. Um, I, yeah. I've seen, I've seen people talking about him being, um, you know, uh, that the Canadians having a Russia phobic kind of, uh, 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 philosophy. I've seen people say that, um, uh, Sherback said that the Canadians are racist. Um, you know, it's just, it's just silly. He didn't say anything like that. Uh, with respect to that comment, it was the interviewer who, who listed uh, all former Canadians players, former Russian Canadians players, uh, Radulov, Markov, Emelin, Nesterov, Sergachev, Galchenyuk, Galchenyuk being a Russian speaker, um, um, and and saying you know does Claude Julien have a problem and and this has been something that swirled around uh, Claude Julien for years. This isn't something Nikita Sherback created. Um, you had um, uh, you know Claude Julien his whole time in in um, in in Boston. There was only one uh, Russian skater taken, Kokochev, and and um, and and he had problems with that player. Uh, Kadobin being a goaltender, but Dan Milstein, uh, uh, an NHL agent, came out and, and accused Julian of, of hating Russian players. Whether he does or whether he doesn't, um, you know, there there does seem to be uh, a bit of smoke there. And uh, all um, all that that uh, Sherback said in the interview was, "Listen, I'll let I'll let the actions speak for themselves." Um, he didn't. He didn't go any further than that. Uh, so I think I think we should should leave that aside. What he did say is that, he, as you said, he was extremely proud to be drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. He was extremely proud to wear the sweater. Um, and and you know he's he has said before he will always love the Montreal Canadiens. He will uh, encourage his kids to be Montreal Canadiens fans. Um, but that, that this was more about, um, Mark Bergevin in particular. Um, and, and we've heard this before Mark Bergevin, 
uh, and his disrespect for players. Um, Nikita Sherback's a very proud kid, and uh, you know that means respect means a lot to him. He wants people to respect him. He wants people to respect his family, uh, and those kinds of things in the interview uh, just didn't happen. Um, you know, uh, Mark Bergevin is, we've talked about it before. He's a micromanager. Um, yeah. He, he, he kind of uh, focuses on uh, Ill- irrelevant kind of details. We talked about this before in, in focusing on the condition of sticks after practice in order to make decisions. Um, and, and these are the kinds of things that this, this micromanager uh, is going to manage everything with his players, especially players that he doesn't particularly care for. Um, so Nikita Sherback talked about, um, you know, being asked to, to train in, in Montreal over the summer. And, and he was fine with that. But uh, yeah. then he was told where he could live and where he couldn't live. He was told which areas of the city, uh, you know, a map was brought out and said, you can go to these areas, you can't go to these areas. Um, he was assigned a curfew over the summer. Um, he was assigned a chaperone. Uh, anytime he went out, he had to take a chaperone. Um, I understand, and I've been talking for years about um, how the Canadians don't do a good enough job uh, helping their young prospects not only develop on the ice but develop um, and get used to a big world-class city like Montreal and you know what happened with with Brendan Gallagher and and Josh Georges that happened because of of Josh Georges it didn't happen because of anything that the the Canadians set up and I I really think that that um, you know Mario Lemieux brought Sidney Crosby into his house. There has to be more of that. There yeah. has to be. And if, if Mark Bergevin's intention is to act like a dad and to protect uh, these kids, he's not going about it in the right way because they're not getting that message. They're seeing someone who's a bully. They're seeing someone who's disrespects them. Uh, they're not seeing someone who's, who wants to help them. Um, and, um, so his, his, his approach, if that's indeed his intent, and I don't think it is, it's more about anyone who challenges him, he gets into a pissing contest with him. Uh, but if that is, if we look at a, you know, the purely optimistic view that that's his intent, it's not working. And he's, he's got to find a, another approach. And, and here's the thing. If it was about helping these guys along, then, Another point that's made in this in this uh, article or through these quotes uh, from Nikita Sherbak was that they weren't allowed him and or any other Russian player were not allowed to speak Russian in the locker room. They they weren't allowed. There would be French guys and Quebec-born players who were allowed to speak French, but he was not allowed to speak Russian with Andre Markov or Alexei Yemelin or any of the other guys. Uh, you listed off. You went through all of those guys. And if you're looking at Andre Markov and Alexei Emelin as two guys that could potentially groom a uh, Nikita Sherback in the similar way as uh, you know as Josh Georges did for Brendan Gallagher, then there should be no issue in in those guys speaking Russian if that's something that helps Nikita Sherback along. And for that just to be a, a general rule supports this idea that there might be an anti-Russian 
bias in the Canadians organization. It isn't suggesting that the Canadians, you know, as you know, as some are saying that Sherback alleged that they were racist, but it's something that there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. And you listed off the, what, 10 or so guys over the, the past three years, whether it be Sergachev, Radulov, Galchenyuk, Nesterov, you went through the list. But all of those guys, and, and you look at two in particular, which were Alexander Radulov and, and Andre Markov in that 2017 free agency period, who both said, that they felt that they were being disrespected by Mark Bergevin. So there's that word again, respect. The one that is very important to Nikita Sherbach, the one that's really important to anybody in any line of work. But regardless, when you look at the way that he handled uh, Radulov and Markov in particular that summer with the ridiculous negotiation tactic, which was first come, first serve, then you know this is something of an issue that you look at over the past three years. As we sit here today, I mean, who is uh, you have Alexander Romanov, who they drafted, but aside from that, you look at this organization, you've got a lot of Finnish-born players, you have a lot of Canadian-born players, not a lot of Russian-born players. And I understand that there's this thing attached to Russian-born players, and it's even it starts as early as the NHL draft with the Russian factor, but that isn't anything that's really been, uh, you know, that big a deal over the past few years. It's kind of gone away, but if the Canadians are holding on to this idea that, oh, the the Russian players are more likely to leave and go back to the KHL or, or whatever that idea is that's attached to the Russian factor or whatever you'd like to call it, then, you know, this, they're hurting their own chances of winning because you're limiting who you can have. So, you know, this is something that I think, I think Nikita Sherback was in the right to call this out if he believed that this was something that was going on. And if the comments about him not being able to speak Russian with his two older Russian teammates are true, then that's a real issue because that could have helped him in a big way. And it just wasn't something that was allowed in the locker room. Yeah, is you know, is um, Claude Julian anti-Russian? I don't, I don't know that to be true. There is, no. there is the 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 long list that um, is attached to him. Uh, if he is, he better figure it out in the next year because he's going to have Romanov to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you don't want to ruin that prospect. Um, you know, are the Canadians anti-Russian? I don't know that. Are uh, are um, mainstream media journalists attached to the Montreal Canadiens who follow, who cover, who are beat reporters, anti-Russian. Absolutely. There's no question about that. If you don't know that by now, you just haven't been paying attention. Um, Whenever they, they would uh, imitate the way that, that uh, Andre Markov speaks, it it came out as caveman grunts. Uh, as if he was stupid um, and, and insinuated that it's, it, it's there and it's deep. Um, yeah. So th- they're shaping their stories uh, like that. Um, but this isn't, this isn't about that. This is just about um, Nikita Sherback who, who wanted to understand, he wanted to understand what he could do. He wanted to be respected. he, Nikita Sherback was um, a couple of years back was the most dominant player in the AHL. 
bar yeah. none. Bar none. He was he was dominant um, for a, a, a period of time. And and yes, he had injury problems. Um, he he also alleges that the Canadians played him, forced him to play when he was not recovered from uh, his injury. And he's not the only one to say that. Um, but he he was on a trajectory that that uh, could have. Um, help the Canadians. And again, we talk about that transition to the lineup and, and it just wasn't there. Um, it was as if the Canadians had already made up their mind about him. It was as if, as if Claude Julien had already, um, you know, formulated in his mind, there was an opportunity um, for Nikita Sherback to, when Max Pacioretty got injured for um, uh, Nikita Sherback to slot into that position two guys that play the same wing. Um, He could have added some of that dynamic uh, uh, goal scoring that the, that the Canadians needed. And instead he was, he was on the fourth line playing his eight to 10 minutes with Logan Shaw. Uh, Is that, is that the best player to, to um, um, exploit the assets that Nikita Sherback has? Uh, And, and he does have assets. He, he's an, if you haven't, seen him before it takes a while to get used to how he skates but he's he's um you know very effective skater a uh, uh, sniper all this stuff about um Nikita Sherback and his work ethic are just utter nonsense they're from people who haven't been there watching him and how hard he worked in practice to get back um when he was injured when when he went through a couple of of periods of injury um you know, the, there's folks that say, oh, well, you know, he went to Los Angeles and didn't show anything there either. Well, um, there's two things going on there. First of all, you know, Mark Bergevin seemed to think that um, he was going to punish. He had an opportunity to trade uh, Nikita Sherback, and he, he, he chose not to. He chose to put him on waivers to punish him. And, and he seemed to feel that... Uh, all 30 teams would pass on on um, Nikita Sherback, and that would be the the ultimate uh, insult uh, to him. Uh, instead, the first team that had the opportunity, the very first team, the Los Angeles Kings, picked him up. Um, and, but when he went to Los Angeles, he, um, he he got into the lineup right away. He played kind of a third line role with Campy and Toffoli, and and um, but. Uh, you know, uh, Willie Desjardins said, listen, I, I love your skill. I love your work ethic. I love uh, uh, all, co- all your potential, but you're badly out of game shape. We, yeah. we can't, we can't you. And, and as you said, he hadn't played for months. He hadn't yeah. played for months other than short stints in, in the NH, in the AHL where he went for a conditioning uh, assignment. And so he, he went to, um, uh, the Ontario rain. And, um, you know, the, it just, um, he felt that he had, had, um, le- given all he had learned all he, he uh, had to learn. And this, this whole episode, uh, just broke his spirit, just ripped the, the hockey soul out of him. Um, and, and yes, um, if you want to blame Nikita Sherback or give his, he, he was, he was crushed this whole experience crushed him and he never, uh, he just never recovered. Um, and, 
And, you know, some will say, well, that's what it takes. You have to, and, and, and maybe it, it does, but when you're, um, you know, when you're not given an opportunity, uh, when you're, you're criticized, when you're disrespected, when your family's disrespected, when, when you're micromanaged, when you're bullied, um, he, he just, he, he wilted. And, um, and so to gain all that back, um, he's, he's uh, going to go to the KHL and, and listen, he may never, he may never be the same player again. He may never reach his, his potential. Uh, but that's not because he, he didn't work hard enough or he didn't want it bad enough. Uh, that has a lot to do with, with – and this is going to be the legacy of, of Mark Bergevin, his micromanaging, his lack of respect. Um, and listen, Mark had some limited early excess based on the, the team that he inherited. Uh, but so far, he's, he's failed to uh, fulfill the – the needs that the Canadians had um, when he arrived. Um, and this is going to, this is going to say a lot more about Mark Bergevin than it does about Nikita Sherback. Yeah. And it was for that reason that I didn't really like, I, I wasn't looking forward to aspects of this conversation because when you see the, the responses on Twitter to Nikita Sherback, and when you, when anytime someone brings up Nikita Sherback, there are those who are immediately going to say, you know what, he just didn't make the most of his opportunities. He didn't do this, as you said. He didn't work hard enough is what some people will say when that is just not at all the case. That is not true. Nikita Sherback did work hard enough. As you said, at the beginning of the 2017-18 season, probably the most dominant guy in the NA, in the AHL, excuse me. And that was something that the Montreal Canadiens could have used if they had, when he was in game shape, they could have used that. But there's still those that are going to say that even though he didn't play at all and Charles Houdon saw game time, all these got Matthew Pekka saw game time, what was the difference between those two guys and, and Nikita Sherback? And if you can't give me a solid answer other than, oh, well, you know, the, those, guys, those guys worked hard, then you, you really aren't paying attention because they're both – Charles Houdon and Nikita Sherback, they both came up in the AHL together. They both looked promising at points throughout their AHL time. But Charles Houdon, when I covered him in St. John's, there was not a period of time where Charles Houdon dominated the game the way that Nikita Sherback dominated to start the 2017-18 season. So there would be potential that already existed with, with Nikita Sherback that just wasn't there for Houdon. And I mean, no disrespect when I say that about Charles Houdon, because he did have some good stretches, but it just, that says all that you need to know about the way Nikita Sherback was playing the game at the, at the start of that year. So the only difference would be that one of the guys is a hometown boy. One of them wasn't. And as you said, the other guy that wasn't a hometown boy was punished by putting on, by being put on waivers with the idea that he would clear and end up back in Laval. So all of this to me, it's, it's always going to be a conversation where people are just saying these things that really don't have any meaning that there's really no truth in them that Nikita Sherback didn't make the most of his opportunities. The guy wasn't given an opportunity. And if he had been given an opportunity when he was actually in game shape, 
then perhaps this would have been a different story. But unfortunately, here we are. But regardless, I think you have to be happy for the fact that Nikita Sherbach, after all that you said, you said it, he had the soul sucked out of him, this poor guy. He's going to go back and play hockey and have fun with it. The way that we were talking about Tomasz Plakanich, just having fun playing hockey. That is something that Nikita Sherbach will have for the first time in a while. The, the, the idea of having fun while playing hockey. It's, um, you know, if, as you said, people who will say things uh, and they don't, they don't, they haven't talked to players. They haven't talked to management. They haven't, um, you know, been in practices. They haven't been to rinks, those kinds of things. And, and it's easy it's easy to get an impression and, and what people should know, it's probably the impression that the Montreal Canadians and their massive, um, you know, PR uh, operation want you to believe, um, you know, look at, look at Nikita Sherback when uh, he was, was picked up on waivers by the Los Angeles Kings and says, okay, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I've got another opportunity. And what happens? The Montreal Canadiens, and it, we know if, if the Montreal Canadiens want to leak something, who's the first guy they call? Renault Lavoie. <laughs> uh, and and Renault Lavoie poisoned that, that relationship before Nikita Sherbach even got to Los Angeles. Uh, Renault Lavoie uh, not only sought out uh, Luke Robitaille, um, but he, he made, <laughs> made that story, that private conversation public by saying that he told uh, Luke Robitaille that, um, it, you know, you, you made a mistake picking up Sherback on waivers. He's not an NHL player. He's not even an AHL player. Uh, and that poison was put in the mind of, of Luke Robitaille before he even got there. That, and, and you, have to, you have to believe that uh, that was planted, um, that seed was planted. Uh, as everything that Lavoie says from the Montreal Canadiens. So the, the, the Canadians uh, and Bergevin, they, you know, it's um, when, when you get into a dispute, when you, when you challenge uh, ego, when you challenge, uh, you're, you're not going to win. You're, you're, no. the, the Canadians and Mark Bergevin ensure that you're not going to win. Uh, so it's silly to say that uh, Sherback had, an opportunity. And so he went to, to LA and thought, okay, I'm, I'm done here too. It just destroyed his dream of, of playing in the NHL. Now, maybe he can recapture the, the joy of, of, of uh, playing in the KHL. He's, you know, he's newly married. Uh, he's got a great family uh, and they'll be very supportive of, of him in, in rebuilding uh, the confidence and not only rebuilding his confidence, but rebuilding his, his love uh, and his passion for the game of hockey. Yeah. And I, I mean, at this point, that's all you can, you can all, all you can hope for really is, is for a guy like Nikita Sherback to, uh, to find some joy in playing the game again. Um, so I guess we'll take our, our final break here on, on this, uh, on this podcast. And when we come back, as you mentioned off the top of the show, the Canadians heading into next season are projected as the 17th ranked team by ESPN. We posed the question on our uh, on Facebook and Twitter. What are your predictions? The Canadians are ranked uh, 17th by ESPN. 
what are your predictions for where the Canadians will uh, will land in the regular season? And there have been a lot of interesting responses to this. There's certainly those that believe that the Canadians are better. Some believe they're about the same. Some think they're worse. We're going to get to all of those answers uh, after uh, our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. So stay with us. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, uh, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. And uh, we've got uh, some great responses here to the question of the week, uh, which is ESPN ranks the Habs 17th overall heading into next season. What's your prediction? And we, our, our friend Chris G, who, uh, our, who our followers will remember from the Habs 360 podcast, Frequent contributor to uh, to this podcast and, of course, the AHL Report and his uh, Quick Thoughts article as well. He's come out and he's tweeted his response, which is, if the roster stays the same as today, we shouldn't expect any difference to last season. Out of the playoffs as of now, but there's still time to improve the team. And that has sparked uh, a, lot of, a lot of back and forth. And you have Bob saying, the roster today is far different from the roster at the beginning of last season. So why would you think this season would replicate last season? So, you know, and you have Vincent saying, I disagree. Last season was the first time they played together. Now they have built, uh, now they have to raise their game more. Chemistry is built. Team playing is, uh, the team play is getting better. You have Dominic who says, I disagree. The team is better than last season. 
pointing to Keith Kincaid as potentially being a difference maker over uh, you uh, over Anthony Niemi, excuse me. And and you just have Roland here saying the roster may look different, but talent overall has not changed much. Still lack the sniper and lefty doesn't look great. They'll be in the hunt, but likely still on the bubble. And that seems to be, I mean, you have the uh, contingent that believe that they're better. You have and people like Roland here who think that they might not be that different at all. And if they are, they might be still lacking those key pieces. So uh, what is what is Facebook saying? Well, I, I was thinking that that usually it's Chris G, um, uh, who's very much a part of this this team. We have three credentialed journalists that put together the, yeah. the Canadians Connection. We often rely on on Chris for uh, a question of the week. Um, but uh, and and as you said, uh, a, a long run with with Habs three hundred and sixty, and it was there that he usually sparked debate with me, and now yeah. he's uh, <laughs> he's sparking it on Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, and you can join the uh, the Facebook conversation. Looking for all Habs, just l- put it into your search bar. On Facebook, all Habs, uh, you'll find the all Habs um, fan page on Facebook. Uh, we have Paul Dubé who says um, Canadians miss the playoffs by two points, and Weber missed 25 games. Do the math. Well, fortunately, oh. Paul, we have a mathematician. We have someone with a math degree on the staff here. Uh, yeah, that would be yours truly. And I've done the math. <laughs> and uh, yes, there's a good probability that last season, if the Canadian, if the Canadians had Weber in the lineup for those 25 games, uh, they probably would have made the playoffs last year. But that has little to do with this year. Very little to do th- with this yeah. year because, and and this is the issue we talked about before. Um, you can't assume that all the other teams will stay the same. And, and obviously we've seen um, um, teams in the East make some big improvements. Um, and, and I, I have to agree with Chris, the, the, the roster is, is kind of a wash. You can debate they're slightly better, slightly worse, as I said before. So yeah. um, the other thing is besides Weber last season, the Canadians were relatively injury free. Um, they, 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 it wasn't a season where they piled up man games as other seasons have been uh, or where they had to, to make uh, deep call-ups from Laval. So um, I, I, I <laughs> respectfully, um, if he's uh, trying to insinuate that the math proves that they're in the playoffs this year, uh, it doesn't. Um, we have uh, jo- Joseph Duval, who says Habs need to shop more than at the dollar store. Uh, once again, they'll be on the outside looking in. Tracer Trent, Tracer Trent, what a name. Yeah, Tracer Trent name. says, um, <laughs> if Kincaid works out, I think we're in. Uh, we aren't a contender by any means, but I think with a healthy Weber, we'll make the playoffs the young guys will step up to offset the loss of Sean. I think we talked about that a lot in last week's yeah. show um, about the, the way the Canadians can improve. They haven't made a lot of outside additions, but the way they can improve uh, is they'll, they'll need again for, for the players who had career seasons to have those again, but, but it'll be the Ryan Palings and maybe the call up of a, a Nick Suzuki that can inject and, and they're, impact on the lineup that uh, can put them 
um, um, into the playoffs. Uh, pointing that out, last I just said last week's show. If you want to listen to last week's show, if you want to listen to any show, go to CanadiansConnection.com. CanadiansConnection.com is the website specifically dedicated to this podcast, and you can find every single uh, episode that, uh, that we've put together. Um, Sean Story says, uh, see what the rookies bring if they can crack the lineup. Think of how many games be- we lost because of no goals, and we lost one nothing or 2-1. Um, actually, the Canadians were pretty good uh, in terms of, yeah. of offense last season. That is five-on-five five, uh, offense. It was the <laughs> power play that, uh, yeah. and if they can, they can uh, uh, see some some improvement there. At least bringing it to uh, maybe the middle of the the power play rankings. Uh, that will have a positive effect on, uh, and and hopefully will will translate into wins this upcoming season. Uh, I'll just read one more. Julian Halloran says, uh, no, um, they haven't made enough changes, missing a top six winger and a top uh, two left defenseman. Yeah. And I think that that would be the, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Roland pointing that out as well. They still don't have the sniper. They still don't have the uh, left side defenseman that they need for Shea Weber. Uh, so, you know, it's, as you said, there's, there's points of this roster. You look at, Keith Kincaid, you look at maybe a, a, a Ben Sherrod over a Jordy Ben, which one would you rather have? It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I think those are mostly a, a wash over, you know, kind of for what you had last year compared to what you've got now, basically the same. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's an interesting conversation to have. And, and you mentioned that you need guys to have career years. You need to stay healthy. And one thing that I think you look at is the past two years, one guy that managed to stay healthy is Brendan Gallagher. And the years before he had a lot of hand injuries and, and you wonder, you know, you, you keep that in the back of your mind when you're talking about a Shea Weber and a Carey Price needing to stay healthy. Brendan Gallagher is probably that third guy that you look out for say, well, you know, that's, that's a big piece of, of that's a big chunk of their goals. 33 last year. That's, that's something you can't afford to, uh, to miss either. So that's the, uh, the other thing is yes, you want to, Make sure that you want to have those guys producing, but you also need to be healthy. Um, that's a big thing. So, but uh, anyways, that's a, that's an interesting conversation. 17th ranked by ESPN, and obviously there are those who think that the Canadians might be a, a playoff team this year. But looking around the Eastern Conference, looks like it's a, it's going to be pretty difficult to uh, to navigate this time around. Uh, anything you'd like to say, Rick? I think it's uh, just about that time. We usually wrap this thing up. But is there anything you'd like to say before we uh, before we head off? Well, if you haven't had your chance to have your say uh, just yet, uh, lots of ways to do that. Uh, find us on Twitter. Find us on, on Facebook. Uh, and I'd encourage you to text us uh, at the Rocket Sports line. That's 5853-ROCKET. You can do that anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's easy to remember, 5853-ROCKET. Um, and uh, we, we, we certainly enjoy hearing from you. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, if you would like to uh, follow me on Twitter or Rick on Twitter or even this podcast that has its own Twitter account, you can follow me at JoeWhalen19, Rick at AllHabs, and uh, you can follow the Canadians Connection, Habs Connection on Twitter. And, uh, of course, we, uh, there's so much great content that's still coming out from uh, allhabs.net, and we've got the uh, the four great podcasts as well. 
And if you want to, you can uh, find those podcasts on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. You just search for Rocket Sports Radio and uh, and hit that subscribe button. And and Rick, I know that as we get closer to the start of a new season, and especially this time of year where there's still some player movement, like we saw today with Michael McCarron, there's still going to be content that is being churned out for uh, allhabs.net as well. Plenty of content on allhabs.net. Uh, also, you'll make your way to ahl.report to uh, yeah. check in on, on uh, the uh, uh, World Junior Summer Showcase. Uh, you mentioned Chris G., uh, he has capsule articles uh, on on both the Canadians on allhabs.net and on uh, the Rocket on uh, AHL.report. So if you miss something, um, you know you check out, go to those websites, and and you'll you'll get uh, easily digestible kind of content uh, that you yeah. can catch up. <laughs> or the best way is, uh, as you said, uh, take our podcast with you wherever you go. If you're at the beach, if you're on the highway. Uh, if you're uh, lazing in the backyard, uh, take our podcast. Or as, as some of our our folks uh, at the at the draft told us, it's uh, they listen while they're milking the cows. So yeah. um, take <laughs> us wherever wherever you can. Um, look for uh, rockets. Search for Rocket Sports Radio. Subscribe, uh, and that way uh, the, our podcast will be and and as well as the other three will be uh, yeah. downloaded into your. Yeah, and as as we said, it's never a dull moment, even in this last episode of July, before we uh, flip that calendar over to August. We still have plenty to talk about today, so uh, it was a it was a great episode today, and I think that there's a lot of great content as well that's being turned out at uh, allhabs.net as well. So, uh, thank you for joining us today as we discuss all of this, and uh, we will be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2:30 Newfoundland time. Uh, Thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at HabsConnection and visit allhabs.net.